Irish written about how to write assessments. And I think, strangely enough, over time, we've actually complicated the process in trying to make it simple for others who are trying to learn. Now, in fact, what you find in practice is that most assessors do not write assessments the way they actually try to teach other people how to write them. I got a group of people together recently and we tried to figure out exactly how we really do write assessments rather than way, the way that textbooks explain it. And we came up with a fairly simple five-step process. Now, I know that, in fact, you still need to do all the various things like assessment matrices and all the paperwork that's required from a registered training organisation side of things. But in fact, I find in practice, what happens is that we write the assessment in probably around about five to ten minutes, and then we go back, do all of the various bits and pieces of paperwork to make sure that the assessment we wrote in those five to ten minutes is accurate. Anyway, let's have a look at the five steps and see how a real professional uh, trainer assessor does write an assessment. So the first stage of the designing process is the information gathering stage. And in this stage, all it means is that you have to find out everything you need to know about the tool and the requirements of the tool before you can start developing it. The two most important things you need to find out. You need to analyze the competency standard. You need to get to know what the requirements of the tool need to be, and the competency standard will tell you that. The second thing you need to find out is a bit more about the context, who the tool is designed for, how the tool is going to be used, who else is going to be affected by the tool. So that's the end of the first stage, gather information. Okay, so if you've watched the, uh, the video um, assessment is just a big game, you'll know that this first stage is where we're actually sort of battling between those two opponents. We've got to write a valid assessment and there's no getting around that and that is actually the job. But the other side is also just as important. We're also trying to write an assessment that that is fair for the actual um, student or participant in the course. You don't want to write something that's way too hard or something that's too easy. Um, and you can actually do that and still have a valid assessment. I quite often find assessments that are definitely valid but are so much more complicated than required and they make it more difficult for the student to actually um, achieve competency and, and that's really not the purpose. The other things you need to consider here too is from the assessor's point of view you don't want to create an assessment that is incredibly difficult to mark, takes an extremely large amount of time to mark, um, and is also impractical. In other words, it might take hours and hours to gather the evidence, um, which sometimes also leads to added costs and time. So the thing here is understanding the competencies, understanding the participants, understanding where this assessment will be used, and fighting it out between those two sides. A valid assessment on the one hand, and on the other hand, an assessment that's actually easy to carry out, easy to follow, and is fair for the actual participant, but still achieves that competency requirement. The second stage of writing an assessment will be the design process. Describe on the tangible output, what can they show or tell you that proves a competence outcome? Okay, so stage two is where the real work is done as far as assessment goes. And this is definitely the area where, with a bit of experience, you get very quick at coming up with, I guess, essentially the assessment idea, which is, in fact, the assessment tool. So after gaining that sort of overview of what the actual competency is that you're about to assess, 
you just very simple, and I mean keep it very simple, think of the things that a participant could provide to you that can show that they are competent. It's products, processes, whatever they might be. Um, I know in this particular area, this is really where very quickly I just look at the competency and I think, well, okay, I'm going to have to see the person do this. I'm going to have to see a report. I'm going to have to um, use a case study. Whatever it is, very quickly I just pick a couple of things and at least two um, so that I've got a range of different evidence types. Now, traditionally, if you were doing this the way the textbooks teach you, you're supposed to do an assessment matrix and all sorts of things. I think that's useful, but possibly after. Um, this is where you just let your mind go, be a little bit creative, think very practical. What could I, what could the participant actually provide to me that shows that they are competent? And pretty quickly, in most cases, that's really only a number of options. And generally, that's only two or three things. Okay, stage three is to produce instructions for each piece of output required. Okay, so stage three. Basically, you've figured out the two or three different sort of ways you want the participant to show you that they are competent. Your two or three evidence sources. Very quickly, you scan over that and just make a very quick snap judgment. Yes, I believe at this point that will do. I don't need anything else to cover any particular criteria. I can wrap it up with those two or three different evidence types. What the third stage really then is writing the instructions so that there is enough detail there so that a participant actually knows what to do so they can prove that they are competent. The fourth step is to trial the assessment tool. Ensure that your assessment tool complies with the, re with the relevant competency requirements. Pilot the assessment tool and get feedback from others. So stage four, we have an actual written assessment. And this is where I go through a mental trial to see if it actually does work. Um, I read it through, and see if it's easy to follow, see if all the points are there, see if the instructions are clear. I read it through as a participant and sort of think, how would they see this? How would they um, read this? Could they follow it? And obviously, importantly, what sort of evidence would they produce from the instructions that I've written? Are those evidence, um, is the evidence that they actually provide going to meet the competency requirements? I go back to those two opponents and I think to myself, critically, is this a valid assessment? And on the other side, I think of it from an assessor's point of view and think, is it easy for me to follow? Is the assessment evidence going to be easy to mark? I don't want to spend hours doing it. Um, and is it fit for the purpose that it was originally designed for? Now, if I have the luxury of time, I will then uh, give it to a colleague to read um, or we try it out to see if it actually does work. Um, and in some cases, obviously, I can pilot it on a couple of um, participants to see what sort of evidence they actually produce. Often, this will just go to a, a live class setting and the trial is actually really, I mean, they're real participants and they are my trial group, but it's real. And um, essentially, there's not much else we can do than that. Finalize. Adjust the tool according to the recommendation from the trial. Voila. So stage five, the final stage, we need to finalize the assessment tool. Modify the tool based on the trial feedback. Make sure that after you do this, you carry out a full validation with a group of people, a group of experts, hopefully, to ensure that it is right to go. And continue that validation process over time to ensure the quality and the validity of the actual tool. So in conclusion, 
Writing an effective assessment is quite simple, if you keep it simple. On one hand, you do need to ensure that it is a valid assessment, but on the other hand, you need to make sure that it works for the assessor and also for the person being assessed. If you use our five steps, it should take you around five to 15 minutes to write an effective assessment. It will take you longer after that to actually fine tune this assessment to get it to the point where it is as close to perfect as it can be, but that's where validation comes in. In our next Ask Logical video, I'll be looking at validation and how to perform this function effectively. Just remember that it, good training and good assessment has nothing to do with good luck.